you to be seated. Hallelujah. We've had a great day in the house of the Lord today. Great move of God this morning. I'm going to preach here in just a moment, but I'd like to remind you that we're having our youth convention this week, so please be praying for our youth convention. Brother Josh Carson, who is the uh, president of the youth ministries for the United Pentecostal Church. He's an outstanding young man, great, a great family. He will be with us preaching, so I'm looking forward to that. We will be having church here on Wednesday night, so please come. I know it'll be hard for any of you to drive to Eugene to go to youth convention, so we're going to go ahead and have church here on Wednesday night anyway, so please be here. I will not be here Wednesday night. I'll be in Eugene at the youth convention, but Please be here for the service. And, uh, um, you know, God is working on the palace of praise. Uh, he is working on us, and the enemy is working against us. And it's going hand in hand, and, and it's, it uh, seems almost overwhelming at times. But I understand this one thing, God is truly greater than anything we're battling or struggling with in the Holy Ghost. And we're going to win. We're definitely going to win. And we're going to be victorious, folks. Um, I was feeling very heavy this afternoon with that sermon I preached this morning. I'm going to preach some stuff tonight, too. Uh, we are definitely struggling so interesting to me that every time I see us at the Palace of Praise beginning to break that crest and starting to see some things happening and people seeing revelation and individuals feeling the need to get right with God and be baptized and things like that, that the enemy begins to just start opening up gates and pour it out and pour it on us from every side. Um, I do not have Facebook, I am not a part of Facebook, I don't have social media for the most part, I'm not a part of that, but I do and have heard that some are turning up the heat uh, against the palace of praise. You know, that's not by accident, that's the enemy that's trying to again, again trying to distract and create disunity. You're hearing a voice from the watchman on the wall today before I preach that this thing is not about people, it's about spirits. It's not about us, it's about God and his kingdom. We're part of the fight, but he's the captain of our salvation. So do not get distracted. You need to be praying, you need to be watching, you need to be careful. Because it is easy at this time and season to be deceived by lying voices that would lie into your ears and into your hearts and try to destroy. The devil does not want us to have revival. Church, we have an excellent church. We have a great church that knows how to worship and pray and you guys are outstanding folks. But at the same time, the enemy understands that he's got only one shot at stopping us, 
and that is to outright just get in our face and up in our grill and fight against us if he's going to stop us. So we're in a spiritual battle. And if you're not in it right now, just wait. There's a fight that's coming to you soon. I'm not just spending time this morning and this evening or wasting time. That's not what I'm doing. You're hearing a word that I hope you will take and you will be aware of our fight. Now hear me. I preached that word this morning and if I've ever had a word, that was definitely one from the Lord this morning and where we are and some of you have confirmed that with me this afternoon of things that have been speaking into your life and now I know for sure if as I had any doubt that it's definitely a spiritual battle and God is doing some things in the lives of people. But as I was praying this afternoon, I felt like the Holy Ghost was speaking into my spirit. Somebody was not listening this afternoon. Matter of fact, felt like the Holy Ghost impressed me. You went from here and started justifying your life. And you started justifying where you're going. Now, I don't say things lightly, and if anybody knows me, they know I'm, I don't just say things to be saying things and make up time. I say what I feel in the Holy Ghost, and I will not say I felt in the Holy Ghost if it wasn't given to me in the Holy Ghost. I'm definitely not going to do it standing in the house of God. So when I tell you that's what I felt like the Holy Ghost is doing, somebody is walking in a dangerous place right now because instead of humbling, you're justifying. I had a lady that was, her and her husband were about to go through a divorce. And everything, even though he's doing all the ungodly things, he constantly was trying to justify himself in doing wrong. To even to the point, he would quote scriptures to her. Folks, that is the ultimate of deception. When you can literally take the scripture, twist them, talks about this, twist them to justify your lifestyle. If I've ever said anything in the Holy Ghost, you better hear me today because this is a day that's going to make a difference at the Pals of Praise. This day is not about us having another Sunday service. This is about a memorial at the Palace of Praise because we're going to have people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but it's going to come at the price of individuals in this church. The price that some will pay is you're going to have to dedicate more to God and give up some stuff. To others, time will tell where you will end up. And if you don't humble yourself and pray, I felt like this afternoon, God will be moving you on out of the palace of praise. And you will be justifying it saying, ah, oh, it's not me. When the whole time, oh, it is you. And there will be nothing this man can do and there's no prayers I will be able to pray and there is absolutely no more sermons I will be able to preach to get you back because God is going to let you go. And when God lets you go, there's nothing this man can do to pull you back. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm giving you a word that I felt in prayer this afternoon. Because we are in a battle. And I don't know about you, but I want every soul in this house to go to heaven. I want every single soul to go to heaven.
I know I'm taking a little time, and I'm going to preach in just a moment. I, all I can say is today you're getting your money's worth if you pay tithe. Because today I'm giving you a full, full meal today at the Palace of Praise, and I'm not holding back anything for anybody in the house. Hear what I'm saying. God has given some mighty anointings to people in this house, and the devil wants to steal that anointing from your life. Your spirit, your attitude is not right with God because the enemy is lying to you. Your only hope is to get a hold of God like you've never got a hold of God before. Your only hope, some of you in this house, you're going to have to flip your plate over and start fasting because your only hope is going to be in God giving you true deliverance in your spirit and in your mind and in your heart. Because if you don't, the day will come and it won't be long. You're going to step into a place of deception and you will deceive yourself into believing you're right and the whole time you'll be wrong. Church, what's going on is not in just this church. Look what's going on on Facebook and the things that are being said and the things that are doing. Why now? Why at this moment now? Because the enemy can see things that unfortunately some of us are not seeing. The enemy can see his, oh, his grip on backsliders beginning to loose. He can see things that are happening that we do not see happening. See, the devil can see things we don't see when he sees them in their room crying and asking God to give them deliverance and help them. He sees that. And he realizes, wait a minute, i got to go after the source that's creating this draw back to God, and it's that praying church. It's that church that is teaching doctrine and is deciding they're not going to change, and they're going to live right, and they're going to sell out. That's us. And so what we view as simply maybe opposition or conflict is really an absolute attack of the enemy upon the people of the palace of praise. If you are not there, mark it down. You will be soon. It's the reason why I felt such a heavy burden this morning to pray for the homes of the palace of praise because you need the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ on your home. You need the shield of God round about you. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it, and there we can be safe. We've got the covering of the name of Jesus through the waters of baptism. I know that the enemy sees what we do not see in regards to individuals that are about to be broken loose and be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I didn't come this long, and we haven't fought the last over five years and fought and battled as a pastor of this church and bishop before me just to give up ground and to let some things go. I'm going to fix and preach about it. But we fought to get this ground, and we're not going to give up this ground. Come on. Everything we gained, we're going to keep. Come on. We're going to keep everything that God has given us. Hear me. I'm watching backsliders that are getting deeper and deeper into drugs. 
The enemy is trying to push them into the very depths of despair and push them to a point that they literally blow their minds and cannot understand what they need to do to get back to God. He's pushing as hard as he can to get them deeper in sin because he understands that God is making a draw in the spirit realm to get them back to him. Here's it is. It's Custard's last stand. And you know what happened to Custard? He lost his Goldilocks. And guess what? We're about to win and the devil's last stand, folks. When it breaks, it's going to break and bring revival. Not just for the palace of praise, but for this area. It has been prophesied. It has been said from this pulpit. There have been men that have stood in this pulpit and said, this church is a key to the revival of the Oregon district. I receive that word. I accept that word at the palace of praise. And since it is true, you need to understand how valuable you are, not just to the Aloha Beaverton area, but to the great northwest. If there's any area across this nation that reads revival, it's the great northwest. Amen. You go down to Georgia, Atlanta, look at all the churches, one all over the place. Here you go by one, you drive by another one over here, and you drive by another over here. Big churches, four or five hundred people in it. That can happen here too. God is the same here as he is in the south. Oh, they're in the Bible Belt. Oh, well, guess what? I have a Bible too. And I have a God too. And we are a praying church. If we stay faithful, God's going to give us some things, folks, in the Holy Ghost. How many of you felt that you have gained some ground in God in the last couple of years? Come on. God has given you some things in the Holy Ghost in the last two or three years. I'm watching some of you things change in your life, and I rejoice in that. But I'm not going to be satisfied until every backslider prays through and is filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Church, We've got backsliders that have never stepped inside of the doors of this church, but they're backsliders from apostolic churches living within a stone's throw of this church. I could stand on top of this church and probably throw a, a rock and hit the houses of where some of them are living. Huh. Do you know you may be the key? I was at a church preaching not long ago, long ways from here. And one of the ladies came up to me and she was an older lady and she said, did you realize that my daughter only lives a few blocks from your church? She's never stepped into this church, been backslid for over 20 years and she lives just a few blocks from the palace of praise. She said, I'm praying and I'm praying. And she said this, I feel like your church is the key to getting her back into the church. I know there, she said, I know there's other churches there, but I have felt like your church is the key about getting her back in the church. Folks, that was a confirmation to this pastor that we are making a difference in the spiritual realm and people away from here are trusting this church to pray, to speak, and to reach, folks. There's moms and dads out there that are depending on the palace of praise to reap some souls and backsliders into these altars and pray them through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know what we need? We need a church that when we get done preaching here every service, I don't have to beg or ask you to hit the altar. You hit the altar. 
I shouldn't have to ask you to pray for somebody who needs the Holy Ghost. You should immediately get to them and say, man, I'm going to pray till they get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to press in the Holy Ghost until they get the Holy Ghost, folks. There's no reason why anybody should ever live the, leave the palace of praise without receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because we got a God that is greater than any addiction, any chain, any fetter. He can break, He can work. Hallelujah! Man, do I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel a boldness in the Holy Ghost in the house today. I just feel like telling the devil, get out of our way. So we're going to go forward, we're going to go forward, we're going to go forward. Woo, hallelujah. I'm going to read you two verses that the Lord had given me. It's 2 Samuel chapter 23 tonight. And I am not saying that lightly, folks. Say that with all respect. I am so thankful for this church. And this morning, your response to the move of the Holy Ghost and your prayers and pressing and moving on forward in the Holy Ghost in our battle. Thank you for lingering in the Holy Ghost. Walking out of here at after one o'clock, kind of reminiscent of days gone by. <laughs> when we used to get out of the church at Palace of Praise at 1 or 1.30 every Sunday. And we'd get out of church sometimes on a Sunday night, 11 and 12 o'clock at night. Some of you right there, you almost lost your dinner. When I said that, my God, 11 or 12. I know we moved service up just a little time, so I think 11 would be all right. <laughs> and guess what? I watched then what happened this morning. You just really didn't want to leave. I really just didn't want to leave. It was hard for me to get up and walk out of the church today. Because I thought, man, I want to stay right here, God, close to you. Because you're doing something. And I want to stay right here in the middle of this something you're doing. Does anybody feel anything like I feel in the Holy Ghost? I really feel something in the Holy Ghost tonight. Hallelujah. I felt the move of God when we were praying when I came in here. I'm sorry I was in here a little late. That stupid printer back there was giving me problems. I always try to print stuff out and give it to him so he will be able to get the verses right up there when I need them and that printer would not print and I was about ready to cast the devil out of that stupid printer tonight. But finally happened. Two verses I want to draw your attention to tonight. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 11 it says this, and after him was Shammah. Everybody say Shammah or Shammah. The son of Agig, the Hararite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop. Where was a piece of ground full of lentils and the people fled from the Philistines. Verse 12 says, But Shammah stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. That's all I'm going to read, two little verses, and I'm going to preach by the help of the Lord tonight. Lord, I am so thankful for the visitation of the glory of God at the palace of praise today. Thankful, God, for you, Lord, revealing your love to this church, Lord, this morning and revealing your mercy, God, to us as your people. 
Lord, in all of the things, God, we struggle with in all of our battles, Lord, you still, God, love us, deal with us, and you draw us, God, and you, Lord, truly have a great design, Lord, for our lives. God, even tonight, Lord, touch our minds, our hearts, encourage this church, build up this church, strengthen this church, God, they would be ready for the battle, Lord, that we, oh God, as a church would march forward, Lord, in the Holy Ghost, your will be done tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Amen. This portion of scripture deals with David's mighty men. If you go and look It deals with, just a few verses here, deals with three, three specific mighty men. But then there was more. There was 30-something of David's mighty men that are going to be mentioned in just this chapter of Scripture. Tonight, we're going to focus because there's sermons for every one of them. But tonight, we're going to focus just on Shema, this one, or Shema, this one mighty man of David. I want to draw your attention to verse number 11 and a phrase that we find there today as we kind of dissect this verse a little bit. I want you to look at the phrase where it says, where was a piece of ground full? Everybody say full. Full of lentils. The word full is an extremely important word there. It was not a field that had just a little It was not just a field that had some, but it was a field that was literally full to overflowing. What I said and prefaced my message, I wasn't just blowing hot air while ago. I was setting a stage to preach what I'm about to preach. Full of lentils. If this church was a passive church and this church was a half truth church and if this church had let down on standards and if this church was not a praying church then the enemy would not value this church so high when he looks at the palace of praise and realizes we have praying individuals when we looks at this church and realize there's people at the palace of praise who still love doctrine when he looks at this church and realizes there are individuals that sold out to holiness and they're not about to change when he looks and sees this church with people full and overflowing of the holy ghost he says i want that ground that's why we are fighting folks If we were a church that was preaching a watered-down message, he wouldn't mess with us. But he doesn't want us preaching the full gospel message. He doesn't want us to preach repentance. He doesn't want us to preach about us being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the mercy of sin. He doesn't want us to preach that individuals need to receive the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues. We've got to stay true to the message, folks. It may cost us but it's worth the fight. Hallelujah. When they looked at that field, they saw full of lentils. Get this. The name of the owner of land is not listed anywhere in the scripture. It says a piece of ground. It does not list. The Bible doesn't state that Shema had any claims of personal ownership in that land or that crop. It did not say it's his land. It did not say it's his crop. It simply said 
there's a field or a piece of land or ground that's full of lentils. Oh, ooh, I'm about to preach. See, this little phrase, where a piece of ground full of lentils, that Bible, the Bible makes it clear that the lentils gave the land value because there was other lands that were not full of lentils. Thus, the Philistines were not going after them. Can I preach? There are other churches that are saying they're a church. There are other churches that are having service today, but they don't have full gospel truth. They're not preaching one God message. They're not preaching deliverance by the power of God. And thus, there's not as much value in that place as it is in this place. Not because of us, but because of truth. Honey, it's truth that gives this church value. It's God that gives this church value. We're the instruments of God, but he's the value, church. Hallelujah. Hear me today. If we lose what gives us value, which is truth, we become nothing more than just a piece of ground, just another building, just another church. But as long as we hold true to the word, then it will give this church value in the spirit realm. Now look at this, the, that, it was that that gave value to the Philistines. They looked and said, wow, look at the lentils that are in that field. And it was what they valued that motivated them. <laughs> See, they had a greater, hear me, a greater, the Philistines, had a greater estimation of the value of what the Israelites possess than the Israelites. They looked at it and said, wow, full of lentils? This is worth a fight. If they had not estimated the value being worth the fight, they'd have never come after the ground. So they said, this thing is worth taking away from them because it has such value. Why are we fighting? Because the enemy understands how great of a value that truth and the Spirit of God working in this church really is. He understands what we're doing, church, here at the Palace of Praise. I got to tell you, I just mentioned it a while ago, but I'm going to say it again. See, the enemy is looking right now, and when this pastor stands behind this pulpit on a winter and I begin to proclaim doctrine. It's not about the people that are sitting just here. It's about a spiritual battle that is going on where the man that a God has put over this church is establishing some things in the spirit realm that is beginning to affect things in the spiritual realm of the world. Yet God begins to start dealing with people's minds and hearts. Why? Because the word of God will not return void. When it is preached, when it is taught, it will make a difference. 
We look around and we say they didn't hit the altars, but you don't understand what the enemy sees that is going on with the word that is going out from the palace of praise. Oh, you're saying, wait a minute, nobody's getting the tapes and nobody, uh-uh. It's a spiritual thing, church. The Word of God is not limited to just our hearing or limited to these walls. What is happening, we are releasing things in the spirit realm. Some of you are going, you're way out there. No, I'm not out there. I'm right in the book and the Word of God tonight. We are releasing things in our prayers. We're releasing things in our worship tonight. We're releasing things in our obedience to the Word of God that is making a difference in the spirit Around, around this area of Aloha and Beaverton. So then the enemy looks and he says, wait a minute, that individual is stopping drinking now and we have no idea who that is. And he sees individuals saying, I'm not going to do those things anymore, Bishop. And all this thing is, is because the Spirit is moving and working in places because of the word that is going out from the palace of praise and the praise and the prayer that's going out from the palace of praise. And he looks and he says, I can't let them go. So I see what's, where this is coming from. It's coming from the palace of praise. So I'm going to put it in the heart of some knucklehead to get on Facebook and start trying to destroy the palace of praise. Why? Because i got to stop it at any price. Honey, it is spiritual battle we're going through it's not individuals don't get mad at the person realize there's something valuable here at the palace of praise somebody clap your hands and say yes get me I know I'm preaching hard tonight. I'm about to wear myself out. Hope I make it. But hear me, there's a spiritual battle that is going on even in the service tonight. And you need to hear your pastor. I'm going to lay it on the line tonight. I'm telling you what, we are in a fight like we haven't been in in the last few days and months. We went through some things and we broke some things and things looked like it was going and all of a sudden, bam. I'm going, what in the world? Why in the world now? Why are people thinking like that? They're texting me things and I'm going, what are you thinking? And then I realize it's not what they're thinking. It's the enemy that are sowing things into the minds and the hearts of people because he's got his custard's last stand. Honey, if he can stand against us, I can stand against him. If he wants to make it, I can make it too. Come on, I'll fight just as hard as you're going to fight, devil. Now get this. The Philistines estimated the value greater than the Israelites was. The Bible states this. The Philistines were gathered together into a troop. Did you guys read that? Did you see that? Into a troop. The Philistines' actions reflected how important the feel and those lentils was to them. See, the Philistines came together because they had an agenda. And their agenda was they wanted to take away what the Israelites had that had value, folks. The Israelites had something they wanted. And since the Israelites were unwilling to give it away, then the Philistines were going to be required to take it away. It's a sad day when the Philistines can get together as a troop and all the children of God can do is get together to run. It's a sad day when the enemy can get together and come against truth. And it's a sad day when the only thing the church can do when we get together is get in a bundle and also run from the fight.
Now I'm preaching today. Look at the scripture. That's exactly what they did here. See, when you look at the word of God, did you hear that word, a troop? That word implies that they came together with one mind, one purpose, because they had an agenda, and that was take away what gives that land value. I'm going to take it away from them. Oh, my. See, their goal was to take something that wasn't theirs. The devil cannot have what you have. And he's jealous. He got kicked out of heaven and he's never going there. He doesn't have a chance of ever going to heaven. And he doesn't want you to ever go to heaven either. And he doesn't want anybody in this community to go to heaven. Honey, but we need to fight so they can go to heaven. We need to fight so they can be delivered, folks. Hallelujah. See, I believe the key word to this story is found in verse number 12 of our reading. Our verse number 12, again, let me just read it one more time. The verse says this, But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord was wrought a great victory. He stood in the middle of the field and he defended it. I believe there's a key word right there. Does anybody want to guess what the key word is in that verse? Stood. Key word in this whole thing. And the word, it's only five little letters, but it makes all the difference to the story and the end of the story. That little word stood made all the difference for that land and that value that was in that land. So what's the big deal about Shammah standing? Verse 11 states this, the people fled. The big deal was this, Shammah was standing when everybody else was running. That's what the big deal is about standing, folks. It's easy to stand when you're one of many, but it's difficult to stand when everybody else is running and you're having to stand. Come on. Woo! Hey, can I just tell you? I'm going to be real honest today. We got some people in the apostolic movement that are running. They're scared, they're intimidated, they're being intimidated by our government, intimidated by people in power, intimidated by false doctrine, and they're running from things. And the pressure then is put on the true church. Hey, let's just get in the group and run. But here's the problem is, there needs to be somebody in the true church that values what's here more than what they value and say, hey, I'm not running. I'm going to stand right here and Fight it and defend it, church. Somebody clap your hands if you're with me tonight preaching the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my Lord and my God. See, here's what happens. There's a natural reaction that would, fo would follow when the crowd begins to run. There's something in you that says, I guess I need to run too. Because your mind mentally and you as a person, when anybody goes to run, you want to run too. You see this when there's something that happens and boom and people start getting away from what the sound is. What is, man, whether you heard it or not, you start thinking to yourself, maybe I should run too. Everybody seems to be going somewhere. I better go with them. Because it's just a natural. It's, we're pulled in. We're sucked into this thing that, hey, everybody else is running, so why don't we run? 
Everybody else is giving up the valuable things, so maybe we should just give up the valuable things. And there's pressure that is now applied to the church to go ahead and change some things we've been preaching for a while because there is a pressure, not just from the enemy, but a pressure that is from within. See, he had to face the pressure of knowing here comes the Philistine, but he also had to face the pressure of realizing they're running the wrong way. He had to face two pressures from without and within. He had to look and understand they're coming and they don't mean me any good. But those folks aren't even going to stand with me. And so then there's this thing in him thinking, hey, maybe I should run with them too. So that's the reason why that word stood becomes a huge word because everybody else is tucking tail and running and he's saying, They'll be here in about two minutes. Let me get limbered up because a few of those guys are going to go down and I don't know how many I'm going to have to take out. Come on. When others are running, I'm going, I'm going to get on my knees and pray. And I'm going to get a hold of God because I don't know who all coming, but apparently some, since some other people are running, that means we must going to be in a fight here pretty soon. That means somebody must value where I'm standing and what I'm standing for, and so I better get ready for the fight and get out my sword and get ready to stand my ground. You need to realize it's worth fighting for. If others run, let them run. I'm standing where God has planted me at the palace of praise. Oh, Hallelujah. Look at somebody standing beside you and said, Pastor said you need to stand. Now here it is. The question is, why did they run? I believe fear was the motivation of why they ran. They were scared. And why were they scared? Well, the question then is asked, where did the fear come from? I believe it was rooted in the past. Go read what had been happening, folks. The Philistines had been looting and taking things away from the Israelites for a while. And so then they could look over on that field just a few weeks ago and realize, man, that was a real valuable piece of land. But look at it. Philistines came in and they tromped it down and then took what, of, what was value in that land and hauled it off. Whew. Wow. They, they left. And guess what? That affects us. See, when any individual bishop gives up any little area, it affects us. Because we're in this fight together. So then I look across over at that church that used to preach this, and used to preach that, and used to have a certain set of standards and guidelines for the church, and all of a sudden now I see them changing, it then has a mental effect on me here at the Palace of Praise. Because then I see that and it begins to start affecting me as an individual. We're in a spiritual battle and a mental battle. Fear was a feeling that they had affecting them mentally that literally caused them to run away when the Philistines were coming to take 
the feel. Fear drove them away from what was really valuable, folks. Somebody say amen. These, <laughs> hear me, the past victories of the Philistines whose intrusion into Israel had gone unchallenged for a while and thus it generated fear. These were the chosen children of God, children of Israel. Yet God, hear me, did not supernaturally intervene in these situations. He let the Philistines take that stuff from over there. And he let them take the stuff from right over there. And are you ready? He would have let them take the lentils that were in that field that day. Get your mind around this. The fear drove those people off and they left it wide open for the enemy to come in and to take whatever they wanted to take. As much then as fear drove them away, I believe it was duty and faith that motivated one to stay. Shema valued what the whole, what the whole would lose if he ran. Again, it's not his land. It does not say he owned the land. It does not say that he owned the lentils. But he looked and said, this is a part of the whole of what we all own together. As much as they are coming together as a troop to come and steal what we have, this may not be mine personally, but it belongs to us as a family then you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to run like the rest of them because I value what we've got in the whole church. Hear me. It wasn't about what he was going to lose personally, but what the children of Israel would lose collectively. He probably understood that it, wasn't e it was either today or tomorrow. But at some point, you know what? At some point and at some place, we're going to be required to fight to keep the enemy from taking everything we have. <laughs> Hear me. Do you think that field of valuable lentils was the only lentils in the whole area of the Israelites? Absolutely not. But did it make it of less value because it was just part of the whole? No, honey, it being part of the whole said, hey, we need to draw a line and make sure we keep every part of the whole intact and in our ownership and in our possession. Church, there is not one part of the doctrine that this church can choose to let go and choose not to have value. Because, folks, it's not ours. It's God, and it belongs to the family of God. It belongs to my God. Thus, I don't have a right to choose to give it up. Come on. You may say, Pastor, you don't understand. Other churches are letting them go and other things are being let go. I don't give a flying rip. I'm here to tell you everything that we have is valuable enough for us to fight to keep. Every single line, every single dot, every single verse, every single doctrine, everything has to be kept in intact. 
Oh, somebody give God some glory right now, tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, my Lord and my God. Let me tell you, Shammah's trust couldn't have been in the other Israelites. <laughs> if it was trust been the other Israelites, he'd have been running. <laughs> Can I tell you? There are going to be times that you're not going to be able to put your trust in people. Let me even go a little further. There are going to be times you can't even put your trust in people that are supposed to be Holy Ghost filled. Let me put it another way. There are times there are going to be people even that the family that you're not going to be able to put your trust in because their faith is going to waver and they're going to run. And so then your faith cannot be in them. Your faith then is going to have to be in what? The value that you see in what God has done for you and what he has given to you. And when your faith is in that, then when their faith is wavering, your faith stays strong. I'm really doing good today in preaching the word of God. This has been a good day in the Holy Ghost today, folks. See, his confidence ultimately was in God. We are living in a day when we need to discover where our faith lies. It's an important day that you decide why you're in the church. It's a day you understand why you are a part of the family of God. Are you here just so you can take a part of the lentils for yourself? Are you here to fight so that somebody else later may be able to enjoy the lentils that are here. And there's a world of difference between the two right there, folks. See, our faith has to be in God. The Bible makes this statement in there. It says this, and the Lord wrought a great victory. The bottom line is that God received the ultimate victory from Shammah's stand. Let me put it another way. When we win, God wins. When we keep this, we keep this for God. When we hold our ground, we hold the ground for God. Why? Because backsliders are looking to see what we're giving up. I'm talking about the spiritual realm again. They're looking to see at the palace of praise, are they still valuing the same thing they valued when I went through those Sunday school classes when I was a little child and grew up in that church? Are they still really holding true to those things there like they were when I was a little guy and a little girl? I want to make sure that this church sends a real strong message to anybody who ever asked or ever looked. We have not changed, and we are not going to change, and I value this thing as much today as I did when I was a boy in this church. <laughs> See, our victory is a testimony of God's power. That means it was God that gave Shammah the victory. God couldn't have taken credit if he hadn't contributed to the victory, folks. But flip the coin over, because here's what the other side of the coin will reveal. But the victory was not possible if Shammah hadn't made the conscious decision 
to stand. Because look at the other stories of the past. Look at the other land that had the lentils and look at the other lands that had the barley. Go look at the stories and look where they are now. They've lost what gave them value. And again, God never supernaturally intervened in there. And he wouldn't have supernaturally intervened in this except for that key word where he said, he stood. Everybody said, he stood. Everybody say, he stood. Did you realize fear is contagious? Extremely contagious. When people start feeling things and fear into their life, it can begin to affect other people of the same family because fear is very contagious in the church. It becomes contagious and it becomes a dangerous thing because it rubs on other people. You say, what do you mean? It's things and statements we make that reveal the fear that's working in us. I'm not really for sure if God's going to work here and do this. I, I've been worried about this. I'm scared about this thing. I don't know. And it's an element of fear that's working in us that's affecting us and will affect our ability to stand, folks. The enemy has a game plan. And that game plan is to destroy this church. I made personal reference this morning. I talked about huh, the battles I've been going through and, and, and I haven't been sinning. I haven't been those things, but boy, I've been short and, and boy, just really a bear. Now, I know none of you are ever that way because you all are good, great saints of God full of the Holy Ghost and you don't have battles and struggles and you're never unkind to your spouse and, and you're never unkind to anybody else because you just that next level. Well, God bless your little pea-picking heart because the rest of us are not that way because the rest of us have struggles and I've had that struggle. And that's why I sat and said the other day, I don't know if we can handle this stress anymore. It's stress and it affects the way we act and how we think. What I'm trying to tell you is there's a lots of pressure going on at this church, but there's only pressure because there's value here in this church. And that's what's going on is the value that is here. Okay, so let me just be honest with you. Some of you need to make up your mind. You're not going to give up any more ground and you're not going to back up any more than what you've already give up. And the reality is, you're going to get back some things that you have lost. We had songs tonight. Did anybody hear our songs tonight? Somebody needs to stand and fight. Somebody needs to roll up your sleeves and decide, this thing is really worth fighting for it. It's really worth having everybody run off and leave me. What are you going to do? If 99% of the saints in this church get offended and upset and they all walk out of the church, what are you going to do? Going to say, well, pastor, God give you strength. <laughs> or maybe you'll do like those guys when they're running away from Shama. We'll be praying for you. We're heading off. We'll pray, pray for you. We're going to go home so we can find our prayer time in the closet and we're going to be praying for you. Am I really getting close to somebody's uh, heart tonight here, folks? I'm almost done. Somebody say, thank the Lord for that. 
If we lose what we have, then what value do we have? Those lentils were necessary to survive and thrive. What this family possesses in truth is greater than any individual or group of individuals. And who, when will some of us fight for what we have? And when will some of us recognize the potential loss if we don't fight? Three or four different times lately. Let me be honest, as I was just about to tell you. I've woke up in the middle of the night and just there be literally just a battle of fear. Just, just, it it was just like a, it was like a, just a literal pushing against me of fear. And I, I, I'd wake up and look around and it's like three or four in the morning. I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? I'm tired. I, I need to rest and just feel this heaviness on me uh, and, and realize what in the world is going on and then I realize it's a fear it, it's the sphere of fear and things that are my mind starts then working overtime trying to build a case of to justify this fear I'm feeling I'm going okay okay I must have done something wrong there's some reason why I'm feeling this fear here there there must be something I, I should have done or something I didn't do or maybe I did this wrong or maybe I did that wrong and, and so this fear begins to start working on my mind folks I don't believe I'm the only one. I believe that there is an attack against the minds, the hearts of people that are here at the palace of praise. And you're not alone. What he's trying to do is instill fear in us at every single, I'm telling you, three or four times, just a heavy thing on me and I couldn't go back to sleep and I'd have to get up and I'd just go and pray and do about my business at early in the morning because of that thing being on my shoulders and being on that thing. He was attacking the leader of the church and if he will attack the leader of the church, mark it down, he'll attack you too and he's going to come after you too. Some of you, I may be giving you a word for the future and you may have to realize you're about to going to get a feeling of a fear. You know what you need to do? You need to take dominion over the fear because that fear is going to cause you to run when you need to stand. So I'm giving you a word from the Lord today. You need to begin to clean the blood of Jesus Christ and say in Jesus' name, I'm not going to be ruled by fear. I'm going to have faith in God that he's in control, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can, can, can I preach just for a little bit more? Can you endure me for just a few more minutes? I don't try to preach a long time, but tonight I am preaching a long time because I'm giving your money's worth tonight. I won't preach two more hours, but it may be close to it. I'm just teasing. See, my mind began to work overtime and my thoughts then began to torment me. And then all of a sudden, my mind's working against me. Can somebody relate to what I'm saying in this house? And so then all of a sudden you're having these battles that are going on in our mind. What's happening? He's trying to put fear in us. So then when the battle comes, then we look back to the other fields that have been conquered and the other people that back. And they were good people and they were good strong people. But look, they, they ran. So then those things, we start thinking about that stuff. And then in our battle, we're saying, if they couldn't stand, then I can't stand. I I need to run. But as much as fear is contagious, faith. 
Come on. Faith. Faith can be contagious also. Because faith can turn the tide of a battle and turn it into a loss and claim change it into a victory, Lord, for our God and our Savior. Mm. See if the enemy can cause and scare this leader into running, then it will affect the rest of the people in this church. If you see your pastor, that's why I've been battling like I know I've been battling is because he's trying to get me to back down and back up. And some of you don't even understand what I'm battling with in my spirit. And you don't understand that you're part of this thing that is working in the spirit realm to get us to let down at the palace of praise. And I'm sharing a lots of stuff tonight that some of you are probably going to have problems getting your mind around because you've not been where you need to be in the Holy Ghost. And that's not a slam on you. It's just the reality of things, Bishop. And you know what I'm talking about. Times you walk through things and nobody in the house really understood where you were walking at. See, the Spirit wants to scare me in to stop preaching. The Spirit wants to put me in a box so that when the Holy Ghost gives me what I, He gave me this morning, I'm scared to stand in the pulpit and preach it because of fear in my own heart that maybe the enemy will use that against somebody and they will hear something different that's what's been preaching and it will destroy them and they'll just walk away from God. And so then the enemy uses that on my mind that I battled with this morning, walking back and forth and praying, saying, God, you know if I preach there, it may not take that right and stuff, and then feel the Holy Ghost just hit me, and I begin to speak in tongues as I was walking here long before any of you guys came into the house of God. And he said, you need to preach what I give you to preach, and don't worry about where it lands or the effect of the word. You just need to give them what I gave you. And so I had to then to pull up my, my shoes, my socks, and I had to just put on the armor of God, and I had to take up my mind and in the battle of that thing and walk through this pulpit this morning with a lots of you not even knowing what was going on. Roll up my sleeves and say, I'm going to preach because I'm fighting for the soul of somebody in this house, and if God gave it to me, I'm not going to be scared away from preaching what God gives me to preach to the palace of praise. Come on, I'm going to make it very clear at the Palace of Praise right now. Nobody is going to scare me in to backing up against the spirit of disunity that's working against the Palace of Praise. Nobody's going to scare me into running and being in intimidation of fighting against the spirit of strife that's working at the Palace of Praise. You hear me? This pastor is not going to be scared into fighting against the spirit of jealousy that is beginning to work in the palace of praise. I'm not going to be scared. You're not going to cause me to shut my mouth. Why? I'm going to plant my feet. I'm going to stand. And God, I'm not running. I am not running. I'm going to fight because there's value here. There's value here, church. Oh, my Lord and my God, can you stand to your feet, clap your hands, and shout it to the Lord. 
I wonder who's on God's side. I wonder if there's some pillars at the palace of prayer who says, I'm going to stand. I'm going to defend. I'm going to fight for what's right. Come on, somebody needs to let God know you're on his side. Yes, God. We're going to fight God like we sung tonight. We're going to stand God like you said to stand God. Oh, somebody, you need to let God know right now whose side you're on. You need to let the enemy know, I'm not running. I'm standing right here. Woo! Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. God's working on us. God's working in the palace of praise. God's establishing some things in the palace of praise. God is fighting for us. Stand, church. God is on our side. Stand, church. God is on our side, church. Let's stand. Put our feet down. Don't be moved. Woo! Come on. Somebody make a commitment to God right now. You're going to be in the fight. Come on, make a commitment to God. I'm going to get in the fight. I'm going to live right. I'm going to repent and get right. I'm going to humble myself before God. I'm going to put things on the altar. I'm going to do right. I'm going to get my spirit right. I'm going to get bitterness out of my heart. I'm going to get jealousy out of my heart. I'm going to remove strife out of my heart. I'm going to get right before God. Woo! Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come on, somebody, you need to pray. There's a move of the Holy Ghost in this house right now. We need a real prayer time right now again. You may say, I'm weary. Come on, stand and pray. Come on, stand and pray. Come on, lift up your voices. Come on, stand with the whole tonight. Nobody's going to run at the palace of prayer. We're all going to stand and fight for the valuable things that are here. We're going to do it tonight in our prayers. Come on. Woo! Come on. To God be thanked for the great victory he gives to us. That's what Paul said. God be glory. God be gloried. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Oh! Mighty is our God. Mighty is our God. Mighty is our God. Lord, we're not giving up one line, God. We're not giving down one little line of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. We're not giving up anything, God. We're going to hold steadfast, Lord, to everything you've given to the palace of prayer. We're going to hold on to it. We're going to latch our arms around it. We're going to fight, Lord, for this tonight, God. In the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah! Come on, some of you need to repent. Get right with God. I feel in the Holy Ghost. You need to make up your mind. You're going to fight. No, you're going to lose your soul. You need to fight. Yes, 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 yes. Glory and honor and praise. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Lord Jesus, hallelujah, Lord Jesus, God, I need you, Lord, I need you, Lord, I need you, Lord, oh, God, by the authority of your word, oh, God, I claim victory in this house tonight, Lord, by the authority of the word, Jesus, by the authority of the preached word of God, give these people strength to stand, Lord, give our young people strength to stand, God, through the authority, Lord Jesus, you placed, oh, God, into this church, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, in the name of Jesus, oh, God, through the authority, in the name name of Jesus. Oh God that you work, oh Lord. Hallelujah. I want the praise singers, I want the praise singers that sang before service. I want you to get to the platform right away. Praise singers, make your way really, really fast to the platform. First Corinthians, we're going to end with a song they sang earlier tonight. First Corinthians 15 and 57 says this. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's powerful for that one verse. But this is the next verse that's so powerful. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast.
abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to encourage the church. Be steadfast. Be steadfast. Be unmovable. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom, that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out. Shout it out. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, Lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out, shout it out. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness. Lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out, shout it out. God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out, shout it out. God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out, shout it out. Power of Christ alive in 
Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel like God's encouraging this church just to plant our feet and stand and be, don't be moved. Don't let pressure move you. If we stand, God's going to give us the victory. One of the verses I put down here is Moses, the Egyptians had an agenda. The Egyptians' agenda was this. They were going to go back and get the Israelites and bring them back to Egypt and put them back in bondage. Guess what? They started getting afraid. I talked about that fear thing a while ago. So the Lord gave Moses a word. And it's so interesting what he said. He said this to him. Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still. Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. I can tell you one thing, after that fight of Shammah that day, there was a whole bunch of Philistines that wasn't coming back again because they were all laying down on the ground dead. <laughs> so they wasn't going to give them any more problems. And he defended it and he kept the land and he kept lentils. And God gave him a victory. And I think God kept that land in the days to come. I think if we stand, folks, we're going to make a difference about the future of the Palace of Praise and the Church of the Oregon District. Can we take just a moment? I think it's been a good day in the house of the Lord. Can we thank the Lord for His presence and what we felt today? He's loved us, church. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. We do not deserve, God, for you to talk to us, to deal with us, and to love us. But God, I am thankful. Lord, in your loving kindness and your mercy, Lord, you deal with us. God, through your amazing grace, Lord, you, God, show us kindness, Lord, every day. I thank you, Lord, for the visitation of your glory in our morning service and in our lesson this morning, in the sermon, oh God, this morning and in our service tonight, Lord. God, that has been a good day, Lord, being in your house today, and I give you all praise and glory and honor, Lord, for what you have done. Thank you for strengthening this people today, God. I thank you, Lord, for what you have given us today, God. Help us, Lord, to take this word. Help us, God, to stand for what is right and be strengthened, Lord Jesus, in the fight. In the name of Jesus, we give you all glory and honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's still pretty early, even though I preach for quite a while tonight, longer than I normally do. might be a good time still to take a... A moment. Why don't you shake someone's hand and hug them in their neck if it's appropriate. Let them know you love them. Let them know you're, hey, I'm going to stand with you. We're on the same team. We're going to stand together. In just a minute, I need to see those that are going to go to youth convention over here to my right for just a few moments. The young people are going to youth convention. I need to see.